The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hi guys, this is Lo and welcome to another brand new episode of I Love Wellness. Today on the show, an amazing and creative person, we have Jennifer Fisher, who is the founder and creative director of Jennifer Fisher Jewelry on the show. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having me. So you're at home in the city right now, yes? I am. I am in New York City. I'm at home. And we're recording, it's early September. So have you been in the city um, during this entire period of COVID and civil unrest? Or have you been out of the city at all? I have. I've been in New York. Um, I ran uh, shipping, logistics, and fulfillment of my brand um, Mm -hmm. for the first three months during COVID um, because we had no staff. Um, Wow. (laughs) It's a little crazy. I know it's crazy. It was me by myself in the office. shipping, like I said, hundreds of packages a day. I felt like, um, I was like Will Smith and like, I am legend, you know, like the zombies are outside and like, you're stuck inside and you, yes. go, you know, you're kind of normal on the inside and then you go outside and it's like the zombies are there. So it was really interesting, um, being the Is, one doing all of that. Did you have to do that? Because did you have issues with your fulfillment center in the early days based on some kind of shutdown or no, 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 we are, we fulfill in house. And so that's what, that's oh. what we are so lucky. Like I cannot, I mean, we, I'm so grateful that we have done that. And that's how we built the brand is that yeah. you can see and fulfill all in house. Um, we've always been sort of wary of hiring a logistics company just for a lot of reasons. Um, so we've trained our own logistics staff. Um, wow. That's cool. But well, yeah, but it was me for three months. So now it's so fun. everyone, <laughs> So everyone wasn't coming in to yeah, do all the fulfillment. So myself and I, and my husband, Kevin, who was amazing, who, you know, would come in and help build boxes for me. Um, but it was honestly, it was wild. It was, you know, figuring out how to create this map of everybody. You know, we've got girls in New Jersey. We've got girls in Brooklyn. We've got girls in Long Island. We've got girls in the city, guys, girls, everybody, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and just trying to kind of, you know, keep it, keep it going. And it's kind of interesting how we created this new way of, of working and living and you know, we're actually, um, you know, it, it's the performance is, is, is up because of it. It's, it's wild. That's really exciting. It probably actually in very interesting ways has been fun for you to get back to sort of, you know, the humble aspects of <laughs> brand building and operations. Yeah. It's like the best bird. It's like, you know, undercover boss, you know, my husband always says, you know, it's like, you're doing that, you know, the craziest episode of undercover boss ever, you know, being in there. And so it's, but it's been great because it's been years, you know, before I've, you know, I haven't been in there packaging necklaces and, you know, checking out people's orders. And it's been, it was really fun to see what really comes through the office of just because I had I haven't had my hands in that for so many years. So, you know, it was it was a great experience to kind of get back into it. And I, I'm better for it now, you know, because I now have you know been been in the trenches again, so to speak. Yeah, 2020 has been a very interesting year for that, I think, for all of us, right? It's right? we've all had a variety of experiences <laughs> that have been particularly humbling for one way or another, for sure. So when did you start your jewelry business and you were a you were a wardrobe stylist before and then you kind of made the switch into jewelry yes yes exactly so I lived in Los Angeles I went to USC I studied business marketing at USC I thought I wanted to work on the publishing side in magazines I thought oh you know I want to be a you know I, this is what I, what I want to do maybe I want to be at USC one day or I don't know who knows but I I took I had an internship um 
at LA Town Magazine when that was a magazine, and I would see the, clap, the racks of clothing going by on the editorial side, and I'd be like, why am I here on ad side, the numbers, this is not what I want to be doing. You know, I want to be on that side. And mm-hmm. I had a friend who worked at the time at Propaganda Films, which is a film company in LA, um, worked for a commercial director that was looking for a stylist. And I'd always been into clothes. You know, I was like the kid, you know, when I was in high school, I begged my mom for a Vogue magazine subscription. And I like plastered my walls with covers of, you know, of, you know, from fashion threads to covers and everything. And, you know, so I've always been into clothes um, and fashion. But this one director said, okay, kid, I'll give you a chance. You know, you have to <laughs> I'll never work in this town again. And it was like, it was like a commercial where I had to do like a sheriff and a, you know, a pageant queen. I, it was like a Pace Picante commercial or something. And, uh, and I started, I, I did it. And I started working as a stylist um, after that. And I never had a, an agent or a manager. I just did a freelance. I kind of always ran my own thing. Wow. That's so cool that you never had an agent and you were able to be so successful. Is it just because the quality of like your connections and like good word of mouth? I think that's really all it is. And it's really about, yeah. you know, I know I keep telling this to my kids, I've got two teenagers and I say to my kids, you know, it's really about how, how you conduct yourself, who, you know, and not about who introduces you, but those relationships that you make on your own and making sure that, you know, we were talking about college and you know, now with everything with COVID, everyone's talking about college and what's necessary, what's not necessary. And it's interesting. And I say, you know, college is necessary, but I really, everything you learn is out of college for me and my life and what I do. Um, and it's about relationships and who you meet and your work experience, you know, your on the job experience is what really, you know, builds you. And, um, anyways, that uh, no, I, I, I agree with you completely. I, I feel like my colleagues college experience, I, my degrees in art history, but what I really got from college, um, is that I learned how to communicate with people really effectively. Um, and I think that is my big, biggest takeaway in addition to obviously growing as a person and you socialize in your like late teenage years, yada, yada. But yeah, I, I would agree. It's, it's the real life experience that really teaches you and guides you and moves you forward. Um, yeah. So you are an amazing jewelry designer. Like you've won so many awards, <laughs> so many awards. It's really remarkable. The business that you have built for yourself. And I, I love the story of you packaging boxes yourself. I find that to be particularly charming. Um, but I know that through all of this, you have had a very interesting health and wellness journey when it came to starting your own family. Um, so I, I'm curious if you are open to sharing some of that with our listeners, because we have a lot of women who are kind of at that, you know, fertility age, doing egg freezing. I did egg freezing, IVF, going down that road. I had a friend at my house this week and she's doing her fifth round of IVF right now. And it's, it's a really emotional and exhausting and overwhelming experience, um, whether you have a partner or not, or a pre-existing condition or not. Um, so I, I just would be really curious to kind of hear your story if you're willing to share, cause I know that you had your children, um, via IVF, but through surrogates, right? No, actually, no, close, um, close, <laughs> close, but I'll tell you the story. So I'm totally open to telling it. So I, uh, when I was 30, I got diagnosed with something called a desmoid tumor mm-hmm. and that's a soft tissue sarcoma. It is not a uh, breast cancer. It's near my breast. It's on my chest wall. The doctors say that it's from scar tissue from my breast implants that I got when I was 27 because they went through my armpit to put them in. And it's basically a keloid scar that turns into a sarcoma. Okay. If it's given blood flow, it can metastasize. Okay. Got it. 
but it's a really, really aggressive sarcoma. And it's like, it's basically like an octopus with these crazy tentacles and it grows into your muscle and around your bone. So it kind of wraps itself into everything. So they're really aggressive and they're really hard to take out. Interesting. And so mine, when they found mine, I mean, they, they seemed to think that it was from me going to my OB and getting a new birth control pill. And that birth control pill had higher estrogen and these grow from estrogen. So I had, I had noticed a lump um, under my armpit about uh, six to eight months after having my surgery. And I went to my doctor and my doctor said, oh, it's nothing. It just wear looser uh, workout tops. It's probably something from your racer back top or something. It's, it's nothing. Then I started, I went to the doctor. I started taking that new birth control pill and it grew aggressively very, very quickly. Um, I was at a wedding here in New York um, at um, Tribeca Rooftop and I had a strap of dress on and I went into the bathroom. The lighting was so much, was so that you could, had a shadow and you could see that there was sort of like a strange lump, you know, when I, you know, you had to adjust your top and put on your lipstick in the bathroom. One side of my dress looked different than the other. And mm-hmm. I was like, something's going on here. And then when I really started feeling around, you could feel that there was a strange lump there. That's so, terrifying. It was really scary. So everyone thought it was breast cancer at first. So thank God, Kevin, my then uh, boyfriend, we weren't even um, engaged at the time. Um, his mm-hmm. father, well, is a doctor. And we decided to, you know, we flew to LA to go see a breast cancer specialist in Los Angeles. Um, and that doctor then was not sure what it was. He tried to do a needle biopsy on it, didn't work. So he did a surgical biopsy on it, which he should have never done because that could have made it metastasize. Mm-hmm. Um, and they found out it was this desmoid tumor. And at the time, they didn't really know a lot about these types of tumors. They, you know, first he said to me, I want to take out your pectoralis major, minor, your serratus, and your collarbone. Whoa. You'll have to crack your chest. You're going to be in a lung. You're going to be in a breathing machine for a few days, but you'll be okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Crazy. And I would basically have no left side left. So my, my uh, then at the time, my father-in-law was at the doctor and, my, and Kevin and Bobby, who is my father-in-law, said, you know, we need to get a second opinion. Um, you know, he looked at Kevin and goes, is she the one? Because we weren't even engaged. And Kevin said, she's the one. And yeah. his dad said, well, then we need to get another opinion. So we uh, found a doctor at UCLA that specialized in soft tissue sarcomas. And I went through 12 rounds of high-dose methotrexate chemotherapy at Cedars-Sinai. Which, oh um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But, it's, you know, they, they're like, listen, you have options. We don't know a lot about them. You, we can do radiation but then we can't do the chemotherapy. So let's try the chemotherapy first and let's just keep going. Let's see, you know, but for two weeks, I didn't know if I was going to live or die. No one really told me that. So it was very scary. Yeah. Um, I mean, just you telling me the story is just making me feel, uh, the adrenaline is like running through my body <laughs> for you. <laughs> oh my God. But this is where I really learned, you know, to kind of, you know, harness the power of positive thinking. And I'm really a big believer in that. And I think that, um, you know, no matter what you have to stay positive. So, you know, for me, yeah. I figured- mantra and like what I was going to, you know, every day, you know, how I'm going to live my life and, you know, all of this stuff that I would kind of repeat and say to myself and it would help me get through the day until I got better. And so the chemotherapy worked. Um, it shrunk. Um, Kevin proposed in the middle of chemotherapy. We got married um, six months after, three days before 9-11. But when we wanted to have a baby, back on topic, my oncologist said, absolutely not. Your tumor grows from estrogen. You have to get a surrogate or you need to adopt. Oh, wow. Mm. And so we're like, well, let's try surrogacy. And you know, that's a process that people don't really talk about a lot also. So I don't know if you want to go into that at all because it's a long process. It takes time. 
Um, you know, you have to, you know, depending on what agency you go with for a surrogate, you are, you know, you build a book of your, yourself as a couple or yourself as a, you know, if you're doing it on your own or if you're a couple. Um, but for us, it was as a couple, um, you know, who we are, our history and, you know, they choose you. I was going to ask, is it easier to get a surrogate or is it, or does the surrogate choose you? Like which side of the relationship? It's a very weird, it's a, it's a, it's control. a, you don't have control. You know, it's, you know, they have the control, which is great. And, you know, we found an amazing surrogate who was a teacher in Sacramento. She had already done it um, three times. She had five kids of her own. Um, She was amazing. Um, And we went through it the first time in LA um, because at the time it was illegal here in the state of New York to have a surrogate. And we had looked at New Jersey. We had looked, you know, like Florida wasn't really an option, um, but we decided on California because both Kevin and myself are both from California. Um, Mm -hmm. I grew up in Montecito, Kevin grew up in Brentwood. Um, So we did it in LA, and the first time she got pregnant, um, you know, I think, you know, the cycles of IVF, you know how long it takes, so this is a month. Um, So the first time she got pregnant and miscarried at 12 weeks, and then we went through it again. You know, and this, you know, bring, you know, we bring our whole family down, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole process of, you know, making sure that, you know, because she's got to go through, make sure that she's, you know, taking all the meds and I'm taking all the meds and we're timed right. Um, and second time she got pregnant and miscarried at 16 weeks, sorry, not miscarried at 16 weeks, excuse me, 16 weeks, uh, I flew to Sacramento to go see her. Um, because at that phase in the contract, you take them shopping for clothes and it's like, I mean, it's a whole thing. So we went there and we, we did that. And then the next day was the routine doctor's appointment. We'd already seen a heartbeat in LA. Um, and when we went to the doctor, there was no heartbeat. Mm. That was really, it was just like, you know, I was like, I don't know, you know, are my eggs, you know, are they ruined from the chemotherapy? You know, they, they said, you know, that I'd still be able to have a baby after this. So you know, yeah. it's like, it was, it was, it was, we knew it was a boy. We had named it. Like it was sort of like, we didn't know what we wanted to do. So we came back to New York and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go through IVF on my own. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to do it. Okay. And we did it. And then none of my eggs were good. None. So I was like, something's going on. And then genetically they weren't matching up. And so we're like, obviously something happened. This is not going to work. Let's, you know, let's adopt or get an egg donor. And the same company that provides the surrogates, that matches the surrogates, also provides you with egg donors. So we were looking, you know, at that. And during that, I got pregnant. On, naturally, on your own? Naturally. Wow. <laughs> and that was my son, Shane. So after all of that. After the whole experience. Oh I my got God. Pregnant. And then, and my doctor said, you know what, you're going to have to sign my paperwork because you really can't, you know, you shouldn't be carrying this baby. And I said, I don't really give a shit. I'm carrying this baby after all of this. So guys, I'm so excited to be partnering with Ola Henriksen on today's episode of I Love Wellness with Jennifer Fisher. I have been using two of their best-selling vitamin C products, their Banana Bright Eye Cream and the Serum, which helps with hydration and brightening. They contain banana powder-inspired pigments that instantly even skin tone, and they are clinically proven to reduce the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles. I have been using these products for about two weeks now and my skin honestly end of summer has been truly glowing so thanks again to ola Henriksen for sponsoring the i love wellness podcast yeah i was gonna ask i mean 
so you made the decision to go down this path because of your initial doctor's recommendation that like, you can't do this, the estrogen rising in your body because of a pregnancy is going to, you know, make this tumor come back or, you know, be detrimental to your health in some way. And then, so you did carry and deliver naturally. So what happened to the tumor? The tumor actually shrunk. I'm now a case study at Emory University of Women of childbearing age that have gone through what I've gone through and had a baby and then had the tumor shrink. It's crazy. It's crazy. And so, and now my tumor is like under, and then, and then six, so six months after I had Shane, I go to the doctor, I've got him strapped to me in his little sling and I go to pee in the cup as one does at the OB post, you know, doctor's appointment to check. Mm -hmm. And I came out and my doctor goes, you're very pregnant. And I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> oh, and that was my daughter, Drew, naturally. Wow. So are you, is, I'm curious about the tumor shrinking. Are you like a medical mystery or is this like new science and the body behaves differently than doctors thought that it would with a tumor of this nature? You know, I think that it's, I think it's a combination of all of those things. I think that doctors are doctors and doctors are human and they, they don't, you know, they can't tell you for sure what your body is going to do. Mm -hmm. a big believer in that. Yeah. And I also believe that you can heal yourself. And I'm not saying that I healed myself from this, but I'm saying that I do think that the power of positive thinking for all of these health issues and IVF and all of this is so incredibly important. I get, you know, I get messages on social media all day long of girls that have read my story that are going through IVF and they don't know what to do. And they're so, you know, they're like at the end of their rope because they've been doing it for years and it's not working you know, and I just keep telling them, you know, it, it's so much easier said than done, but I know because I've been there and I, I know what it feels like to, to have it not work. Um, and that staying positive is so, so important because I just, your mind body connection is, is it's, it's, it's real. If you stay, I, I'm just a big believer that if you stay positive, that amazing things can happen to your body. no matter how, you know, I think, you know, obviously everyone's different. Everyone has different health issues, but when it comes to the IVF thing, and I also think that, you know, people with their, their partners are also, you know, there's so much stress involved in it yeah. and that, you know, you're losing connection as a couple. Um, you know, you have to just take the stress out of the sex. I mean, there's so much that I think people yeah. need to talk about that they don't talk about when it comes to these things, but it's so important to share. My next question for you is going to be like to maintain that positive outlook, which obviously is going to vary from day to day, right? Like you can't have a good day every single day. Otherwise you wouldn't be a human. But if you are able to maintain a positive outlook for a lot of the time, like for you through this experience, how were you able to do that? Like, I I think that that can be a really tall order for a lot of people. And I feel like it either like happens or it doesn't. And it can take a lifetime. Like just for me personally, I'm 33 and just since like March of this year with COVID, have I really figured out how to like truly take care of myself every day and like be well? You know, I wake up every day and I, I decide and I know that I'm going to be positive and I'm going to make the most out of that day because I say, you know, every day is a gift. Every day is a gift. You know, no matter what you're going through, you're having the worst, you know, the worst time with whatever it is that you're having. You have to know that tomorrow is a new day. Things change so quickly. I mean, I can keep going. There's so many, there's so many things that you have to remember and realize, and it's so hard when you're in it and you're 
you're, you're depressed and you're upset and you, you feel and you're in the darkest place in the world that, you know, it can always, it can always get worse. You know, that's another thing that I think people also, they get stuck in their own little bubble and like they, you don't think of, you know, think about other people sometimes think about what other people are going through, you know, but that's so much worse than, than, than what I'm going through. You know, that's what I kind of try to, I try to put it in perspective too, you know? Hmm. So you're like able to kind of emotionally kind of drive your day forward. So it's more about that for you instead of like, oh, I wake up and I have my lemon water and I do my tarot to me and I do X, Y, Z. I wake up and I have to make sure because no one's going to do this for me. I don't have Mm -hmm. some rich daddy or trust fund or husband that's going to do this for me. You know, I have to do this. And I want mm-hmm. to do this and I love to do this. And so this, to me, that's what drives me is that I'm able to do this every day and I'm lucky. Yeah. So you think about all that other shit that people get completely caught up in and it's like, you know, it's, you just have to do it. Yeah. I feel that. I, f- I feel that way at this point, most days I'm like, okay, I just got to fucking do yeah, it. <laughs> you, do. you just got to do it. And it's really, you know, when you yeah. get into it, what's so funny is when you think about it that way and you get into it, it's kind of like, all right, I can do this. I can get through this. And I think it's also like, it's nice to take it in chunks. You know, like if there's something that you really don't want to do that day and there's something that's upsetting or something that you have to take care of that's awful, like try to get it done and you can move on from that. Yeah, totally. Um, so I know that you also have um, Hashimoto's. Mm-hmm. And a good friend of mine has Hashimoto's. How, how, how long have you been dealing with that for? And do you take like special care of yourself? Do you eat gluten-free? Yeah, I do. I have had Hashimoto's since college. Diagnosed. And I probably had it my, obviously my entire life. But diagnosed, sure, yeah. diagnosed properly in college. So I've been through, you know, the rounds of the Synthroid. But now I'm on Tyrosin, which is a new one, which I should share with you guys. Because those who don't know about it should ask your um, endo about Tyrosin. Mm-hmm. It's a great uh, drug. I don't deal with it um, naturally with natural. Um, I do t- take naltrexone, which can also help with that. That's another thing that's a compound medication that I think a lot of people don't know about that comes from natural pharmacies. Mm-hmm. It's used oh, cool. to treat a lot of different things, um, a lot of different things. But if you take it in very, very small doses, it's good for people that have Hashimoto's. Um, mm-hmm. that, um, but also diet is the most important thing. Um, I eat gluten-free. Um, I eat, try to eat mostly whole foods. Um, I cook, that's like my side hustle. I have this kitchen account. uh, Mm Um, that is my, you know, one thing that makes me very happy. I always say, you know, I don't go to therapy. I cook. Um, you do. I love to cook. I cook all the time. Yeah. So I have a line of salts also that what's your, what's your cooking account? Is it on Instagram? Yes. It's at Jennifer Fisher kitchen. So I make, so I, I'm like this queen of stories. So I get up in the morning, my husband brings me coffee. It's this funny thing. Um, my dog's on there. Um, it's just like this funny, you know, I, I cook these meals um, and I try to do healthy food. We I even have a kitchen section on my website, which is so random. I know I'm the jewelry girl. No, I love it. I always say I'm not going to be that. I will never be the, the, the accessories girl that wants to make shoes or handbags. I will, um, I will be the one that, you know, cooks for you and maybe I'll do a cookbook one day. We'll see. Damn, look at how beautiful your charcuterie board is. That was one we just took to the beach this weekend. That was like a little easy one too. I've got a- I mean, I, I know you have a good eye because of your jewelry, but it really translates to food. Fun. It's fun. <laughs> I love, you know, it's, it's so artistic to be able to play with your food. And I, you know, if I can make healthy food that, 
you know, my family can eat, you know, cause listen, we've got to eat totally. You know? And living in New York city. Yes. We have the best takeout. I'm biased cause of me. I'm a New Yorker now, you know, the best takeout, yeah. work, but you know, you've got to eat. And so, and with my dietary restrictions of being gluten-free, um, it's hard, but I, I do the intermittent fasting. You said something about that earlier when yeah. um, first met about intermittent fasting, but I'm, I, I've been doing that by accident. And I feel so much better. Yeah. I started intermittent fasting a few months ago and like, I really like it. I like it too. And it like, I feel like in some way it releases me from certain hours of my day where I used to be like programmed to think, oh, I have to do this or I have to do this. And I'm like, you know what? It's okay. I'm actually like giving my body a little break and a reset right now. And it kind of feels good. So it's been really helpful for me. I, so I, yeah. So I do the, I I used to be big on breakfast and my whole kitchen me too. And my salt started because I would put my poached eggs on Instagram. And that's kind of how this whole thing started with the salt. Um, Cause people were like, what's on your eggs? And I was like, Oh, it's a salt blend that I make. And they're like, Oh, well, can we buy it? And where can we buy it? And I'm like, well, I do it. And I'm like, well, you can sell it. I'm like, sure. <laughs> the farmer's it. market. <laughs> my, my stand at the farmer's market. So now we sell it and it's on the website and it's crazy. It's, we sell so much salt. It's wild. I love that. It's, I, I think what's interesting about, you know, the internet and online businesses and, you know, influencing and passions is now we kind of reached a point where you can do whatever you want and as many little things as you want. And People like it. You know, you don't have to just be a jewelry designer. Yeah. You can be many things. And I think that people want to get to know a complete person because we feel like we have access to people in kind of a complete way. And so actually sharing additional parts of yourself um, can be really interesting for others. Yeah, no, it's funny. It's like they're like, oh, you're so normal. I'm like, well, of course I'm normal. Like, what am I? <laughs> what, would I, I what would I not be? <laughs> Why would I not be normal? I'm just like you. Like I, yeah, I gotta make. I've gotta feed my kids. I have to feed myself. Like yeah, it's it's wild. Um, but yeah, it's the it's the best. It's so much fun that account. It's I love that. Best. I have a new account to follow. Um, yes. Okay, so we're running out of time, but I have two final questions that I have asked everybody on the show. So the first is, what is your secret ritual? Secret ritual. This is something that you do that makes you feel happier, helps you unwind, but you do it in secret. I mean, this is the one, and maybe it's because oh, I, I, my favorite thing to do is to be able, because I'm a mother of two and I never have time is to like, is to, to take a bath and like do a face mask. Cause I don't ever get to do anything like that ever. And, and I'm, I love skincare. And so I never, so if I get to go into my bathroom, and I can close the door. Like mm-hmm. peeing by yourself as a parent is also like, really, it's like, it's, it's, it's a luxury. Yeah. We used to read this book when I was a kid. It's a kill. It's a children's book called five minutes peace. And it's a tiny little book and it's like an illustrated book with this elephant family and it's this mama elephant. And all she's trying to do is get in the fucking bathtub for five <laughs> minutes. Peace. I'm, that elephant. <laughs> I'm definitely that elephant. And it's like knocks on the door. I'm like, Jesus. It's exactly. I should send you this book just so you have a giggle, Um, even though your children are a little too old for it now. Okay, the second question and my final question is, what is one thing that you do now that you wished that you had learned earlier? Um, I would say that I, I wish earlier that I didn't give a shit what people thought because that's something when you're younger that I think you need to learn that who gives a shit. You need to do what you do and not look at what other people are doing and not care what other people say or do. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's something that, that people that I don't know if it comes with age or what it comes with, but it's great when it comes. And I also wish that I, um, had learned to be a better listener earlier mm. because I think that's, that's incredibly important in running a company and a brand. Yeah. Comes with age and experience yeah, though. It does. So. it does. Those are great answers. Um, so where can our listeners find you and your beautiful jewels? Thank you. Um, they can find me at www.jenniferfisherjewelry.com. They can also find me at uh, Jennifer Fisher Jewelry and at Jennifer Fisher Kitchen. All right. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. Everybody, this is I Love Wellness. Please don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, and review the podcast. It would mean so much to me and everybody on the Love Wellness team. We appreciate any and all love we can get. And we hope you guys have a wonderful day. Thanks again.